Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self, and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hi everybody, happy Friday. Um, I'm recording this so early, which I never do. Fun fact, um, episodes normally come out Friday and I'm such a procrastinator. I always record my intro and outro Friday morning. I leave it to the last minute and then I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, I still need to do this. But anyway, I'm recording this like a week early because I'm going on vacation next week and I'm so, so excited. So anyway, getting this done nice and early, putting it out there. So go me, I'm proud. Um, And I guess it's kind of related to our topic today. Today's guest is absolutely phenomenal. I loved connecting with her. She's so sweet. Um, I genuinely learned so much from this episode and I hope you will too, um, all things about sleep, productivity, habits, and just how we can, I guess, improve our environment and our own mindset around these things in order to get the best results out of our sleep, out of our productivity and build habits in a way that supports that. So she offers a lot of great advice, suggestions, overall knowledge, and I really think you can take a lot away from this episode because I know I sure did. Um, So with that being said, I hope you enjoy. Today I'm here with Marie Klammer, hope I'm saying that right, um, who is a psychology student that focuses on sleep, habits, and productivity. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into all those subjects today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and where again in the world are you located? Uh, so I'm currently based in Stockholm, Sweden, but I'm originally from Germany. Nice. That's awesome. It's so nice that we can connect from like all over the world. So thank you for connecting with me. I know we had to like manage some time zone difference here. Yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to start off by telling us a little bit more about who you are and I guess what your academic background is and all that fun stuff? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, so hi, everyone. I'm a psychology student. I'm in my final year of my master's. Uh, so I actually only have a couple of months left, and I am currently writing my thesis in sleep research. And for that, I'm also working in a sleep lab. So my focus in my master's has sort of been in the cognitive and biology uh, side of psychology direction. Um, yeah, and on the side, I'm also active on social media under the name Positive Minded Life. And I share like knowledge and tips around psychology, habits, and productivity with the intention to help others boost their well-being. And yeah, I guess that's it. (laughs) I'm interested. What drew you into the sleep side of psychology? Because you don't really hear too much about that. Yeah, so I've always been interested in sleep, I guess, because I'm not really an easy sleeper. 
So sleep definitely has been like a, a topic that has I had to work on for myself to like get better at. Um, and yeah, I guess then it, it just happened over over time with, you know, as you get more specialized. Um, and we did read some articles and I just found it very interesting. Amazing. So yeah, we're going to start with a bit of like more of a knowledge based focus. But do you want to tell us a little bit more about what the relationship between sleep and psychology actually is? Yeah, of course. Um, so they are very interconnected. And I basically view sleep as uh, one of the most important basics for both our physical and mental health. And sleep and especially sleep loss is connected to like almost every aspect of our health. So when we get enough and high quality sleep, we are like more satisfied with our life, we can focus better our memory is better, we are more empathetic, we physically perform better, we make better decisions, we eat healthier, the list goes on basically. Um, and on the other side with sleep deprivation, a lot of these things are negatively affected. So we see that people tend to be less happy, they have trouble keeping up their focus, um, their memory is impaired, we tend to be less social, um, in the body we see higher inflammation, and we make riskier decisions and sleep deprivation on the physical health level is also associated with higher risks of getting diseases such as cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's. Um, but when it comes to mental health, I think this relationship is also visible because sleep usually is involved in almost every mental disorder we know, um, either as a contributor or as a symptom. And um, I think an important factor there is also stress um, because there's like a vicious cycle with stress and sleep. So by that, I mean that high stress levels often lead to sleeping problems and which in turn, again, increased stress levels because then you think, oh, no, I didn't sleep well, which again, rises your stress level. So I guess that's important to know in the context of burnout and like even anxiety, depression and so on. Yeah, I find sleep really interesting, especially when it relates to mental health, because I think some people either tend to oversleep or undersleep when they're going through things like depression or anxiety, because for depression specifically, like they might want to sleep all day to like escape their feelings and they actually use that as a coping mechanism. But whereas like anxiety, maybe people are kept up all night with their like anxious thoughts. Yeah. So kind of like, is there a relationship between that mental health aspect and like maybe why some people do oversleep or undersleep? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, so specifically for depression, um, we definitely see that they spend a lot of more time in bed, uh, but time in bed is not always the same as sleep. So specifically in depression, we see that they spend a lot of time in bed, but not necessarily that they actually sleep a lot more. And with anxiety, um, as you said, basically, they often have a hard time falling asleep or they wake up in the night and stuff like that. I know this wasn't in our notes, but what are your thoughts on dreams? I always, I think it's such an interesting topic and I know it's a broad question, but like, do you do any of that within your academic work? And uh, no, it's not really my focus, but I also think it's really interesting. It's like, there's also very little like scientific research behind it. So like, it's still very much a mysterium, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I always think it's, it's super interesting, especially, um, you know, lucid dreaming, for example, I think that's very interesting um, when people are aware that they're dreaming, basically. And um, 
yeah, it's just, yeah, very fascinating, <laughs> but not exactly my area. Nice. Yeah. I know there's a lot of like speculations about what dreams really are. And there's a bunch of different like ideas as to what they like how they manifest themselves in, in our lives and what kind of meaning they have. So it's an interesting topic. And like you said, I think there's very little research on it. So it's a growing field. Yes. Um, and I know you also focus a lot on like productivity and habits, which is a really interesting topic. So I guess, how do you like interrelate sleep and mental health with productivity? And how are they actually also connected? Um, okay, where do I start? <laughs> um, so, yeah, as I said, I think uh, people talk about diet and exercise a lot in the context of like mental health and how that affects your productivity. And that's, of course, true. But I think like sleep should be up there with it, um, because it's so interconnected with these things. Um, I actually looked up a study and they found that people who regularly slept eight hours a night were up to 29% more productive than their colleagues who only slept about five hours per night. Um, so that definitely shows how it makes a difference. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of the things like that I mentioned before, like, uh, attention and memory decision-making definitely play into productivity as well. But maybe another thing that is, in my opinion, quite important when it comes to productivity is our circadian rhythm. Um, so our circadian rhythm is basically our inner clock. And, uh, you know, a day has 24 hours, but our circadian rhythm is often slightly longer or shorter than 24 hours. And depending on what our rhythm is, we can categorize people into morning types, evening types, or somewhere in between. And I think it's quite helpful to know what your chronotype is, because um, then you can figure out at what time of day you want to work on which tasks. Um, so for example, morning types uh, tend to feel most energized and focused in the morning. Um, so if you have a little flexibility in your work, it makes sense to work on your hardest tasks in the morning and then do easier tasks uh, such as emails in the afternoon when you feel a bit less energized. And then for evening types, on the other hand, they feel most energized and focused in the afternoon or in the evening. So it makes sense for them to do the hardest tasks at that time. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely things that you can do to change your rhythm a little um, for example, when you view light, but generally speaking, I am a fan of like aligning your schedule to your natural rhythm. And um, that's also why I don't like this typical advice that you should get up like at 5am and start hustling. And uh, yeah, that's the only way to be successful. Uh, because I think this, this can really go against your rhythm if you're more of an evening type. And I think with mental health, um, there's a strong link as well. I think it's quite intuitively for a lot of people. So if you're highly stressed or anxious, it's hard to be productive and creative. And similar, if you feel sad or depressed, it's, it's also way harder. Of course, there's also things like high-functioning anxiety and depression, which means that maybe from the outside, it looks like you're performing well. But I think on the inside, it often still takes a toll on you and it takes a lot of effort to keep like your performance level up. Um, so, yeah, I think this yeah goes to show that it's all very connected and uh, we need to prioritize both our mental and physical 
health if we want to be productive in a sustainable way. Very interesting. I love everything you just said. And I'm going to use my boyfriend as an example here, but his like internal rhythm is so out of whack. And he is such an evening person, but he also like really struggles with the mornings as a whole. And he's just like not himself. And then at night, he like comes alive. And it's something that we joke about a lot. But are there any, I know you said like to kind of go with your natural rhythm, but do you have any advice or strategies that people can actually use to change that rhythm to like accommodate better with your work life yeah I can definitely relate to that I'm also leaning more towards the evening side (laughs) so I think it's very unfortunate because like all of our society is basically for morning types (laughs) um so I think the most effective way to change it is when you view light because that changes your rhythm so if you're an evening type and you would like to um like feel more awake in the morning I would definitely recommend going outside very soon after you wake up. And ideally, you want to go outside because that's where the light is the brightest. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be sun. Um, It can be clouds too. But uh, that basically um, resets your natural rhythm a little bit. So it programs the onset of melatonin, which is the hormone that makes you tired. So if you view light relatively early in the day, you naturally will feel more tired at night. Hmm, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. And how about, sorry, I'm just like slamming you with questions here, but how about like the use of technology at night? Because I know like the blue light really affects like our ability to wind down. And I know some people say like even just keeping your phone next to you, like your phone gives off this light that really interrupts our sleep. And I know like there's a simple solution is to just get rid of your phone or to turn off the technology earlier than like watching videos late at night. But I don't know, like, is there any science behind that? Or have you learned anything with your own personal journey with sleep? Um, so there's a lot to say about light, but it's a bit of a myth with the blue light, actually, because it's not specifically blue light that disturbs you. I think okay. more of a marketing hack. I know that there are these glasses that have the blue light blockers <laughs> and stuff. But um, so it's basically just bright lights in general in the evening that you want to avoid, and not just blue light, like any type of bright light. Okay. <laughs> um so yes, if you're struggling with sleep, I, I do would recommend like not being on your phone right away before you go to bed, but also not just the phone, just in general. I would try to uh, have more like dimmed light and not uh, not as bright a few hours before you go to bed. I feel stupid now. I have my blue light glasses like right next to me. Is it just a placebo that I think that they work? No, it's okay. I actually, I actually have them too. I got them before I knew all this, so I, I do have them too. Um, no, I mean... It's it's still working at night. It's just yeah, it's just a bit of a marketing hack. And I think it's actually not the best in the morning because in the morning it's when you want to get the light and you also want to get the blue light. Um so I guess in the morning they may disturb you with them a little, but I think at night it's it, it's fine. But yeah, it's definitely clever marketing. <laughs> very interesting I love this and I've never like had a conversation like this on the podcast before so this is all definitely new for me um and I like how you kind of brought up like the 5 a.m wake up because I think that's a big thing going around on TikTok right now with like that girl and in order to be productive you have to get up super early and like get your workout done before your work day starts and that's like I cannot wake up that early my body just will hate me for that and I'm just not wired that way and I think that's okay um And I know we're in like a hustle culture today. Um, 
So kind of what are like the biggest challenges that you see in terms of productivity? Like how is productivity actually measured and what do you see most often in your research? Yeah. So first of all, I definitely see it all the time. It makes me like every time I see it, I'm just like, no, <laughs> um, especially because like, as I said, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the evening type as well. And I, I definitely used to try to really change it, but I think it's just good for us to, to accept it if we're leaning more towards the evening, that it's okay if not everyone is productive at 5am in the morning <laughs> um, and just go more with like the natural flow. Um, so with hustle culture, where to start? <laughs> um, so I think one of the biggest problems is this focus on like just working more and that like just working more is seen as productivity because that's not actually productivity to me. Uh, because just because you're working 12 hours doesn't mean you're productive. Right. Um, so there's actually some research that shows uh, even if you're like very good at your task and you're really focused, it's almost impossible to be productive for more than four hours a day. And so, yeah, I think this whole working, I don't know, 12, 16 hours <laughs> or something is yeah, not, not good for us. Um, and working longer tends to actually reduce performance. And then we have more accidents happen, mistakes happen, you are less creative and of course, more stressed. And uh, we see that in the in the burnout numbers. I believe something like 70 or 80% feel burned out at some point in their life. And I think that that says a lot on, um, on the hustle culture, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think also what, what comes with that is that people tend to not take breaks seriously. So either they don't take breaks at all or if they do often they work while they eat or they are still like available on the phone or if they take proper breaks they feel guilty because they are not working and consequently they never really switch off and so I do think like in terms of defining productivity that it would be good if society uh, was to move more to focused work but also including things like rest and sleep, diet, exercise. And so not as much about just working harder, but like working smarter, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and actually, I'm, I don't know if, if you've read it, but I'm reading this book, uh, Essentialism, right now, mm, no. which is also talks about um, that we try to do like many things at once and we lose track of what's essential. So yeah, I've only just started it, but that sort of fits with that as well, I guess. Yeah, and that's how I wanted to ask, like, what productivity is actually defined as, because I think so many people associate it with, like, tasks and just, like, crossing things off your to-do list. But if you're not really doing things to, like, your full potential or you're not putting your all into that one task, then you're kind of selling yourself short. And it's not, like, actual productivity if you're just, like, trying to rush through everything and you're not being, like, your full creative self, like you said. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I like how you how you said that with your fullest potential and your fullest self. I think that would be a good definition. I'm not sure if there's an official one, but uh, I think, yeah, just the way society sees it, it would be good to move that a little. And I think it's already happening. Um, I mean, a lot of people are criticizing hustle culture, which I think is a good movement. 
Yeah. And then I guess something like I can relate to too, is kind of like using productivity as a way to cope with our mental health, which is why I wanted to ask you about that is like, you know, your typical like high functioning or overachievers, people who like really feel guilty for taking that rest, or even when they are resting, they're like constantly thinking about the next thing that they need to do. And they don't really have the time to shut off because they know that like they need to get everything done in order to feel better about themselves. So how can we kind of like change that mentality? I know that's a broad question too, but just like, in order to actually be productive, but not as a way to like counterbalance whatever's going on with our mental health. Um, yeah. If you're asking about how to change it, I think a lot of starts with awareness and like yeah, becoming, you know, aware of your own patterns um, that you may be using it as a coping mechanism. And I think that's always the the first step. And then I guess the second step would be to look at like what you're doing and where the areas are you can change. Um, I think it's always a bit hard to generalize because like even if you are like high functioning anxiety, of course that doesn't look the same for everyone. Um, so like some people may need to work on setting more boundaries and learning to say no more, stuff like that, while others may be like too perfect, perfectionistic, is that the word? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So if you have more like perfectionistic tendencies, uh, there may be like other things you need to work on. So I think it always depends a little. Um, and I do think like wanting to do well itself is not unhealthy, right? And it is to an extent at least a good thing if we get meaning from our work. But it's always a bit hard to draw that line where it becomes unhealthy. Like if it's a coping mechanism, um, you need to see like maybe there are things you actually need to process instead of like using work as distraction. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I like how you said meaning and distractions because I think like using productivity just like as a way to cope can be a positive thing because like if that's what gives you meaning, then it'll in turn like positively impact your mental health. But if you're using it as a distraction in order to like not think about your feelings or not really like increase that self-awareness and just a way to kind of like get away from all that that's when it turns negative and that's when it can actually like negatively impact our mental health so I think like the awareness piece is such a big part of that because like if you're telling yourself that you're being productive for a purpose then that'll have such a different effect than like if it's a way to distract yourself yeah for sure we agree <laughs> And I know you also do a lot of work around like habits and stuff. And I actually, I just bought the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'm not sure if you've read that one. Yes, I actually reread it recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to start it. That's on my list like in the next couple of weeks. But I know you talk a lot about like habit stacking and kind of how to incorporate habits with our productivity in order to like be our best self. So I know, again, this wasn't in the notes, but like, do you have any quick tips around like how we can use positive habits in order to like improve our mental well-being? Um, so definitely I highly recommend uh, Atomic Habits. It's a really good book. Uh, I think it's, it gets a lot of hype, but I think for a reason because it is generally very good. Um, so I think one thing he talks about in the book as well is um, sort of setting your environment up in a way that makes it more likely for you to engage in good habits and less likely that you engage in bad habits. Um, so I guess it depends on the habit you want to work on. If it's like productivity, for example, then 
it's probably at least I know for my case I can't have my phone next to you otherwise I'm, I won't be able to resist it so uh, that is like an example of how you can use your environment if you leave your phone in another room or like even turn it off I guess um, and then also I guess if you for example want to drink more water then make sure there's like a water next to you or uh, it is also often recommended that uh, you have like a designated work area in your home. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a different room, but maybe um, it's like a certain corner. So you just like have that clear separation in your environment and you associate, um, for example, like your desk with work and like not your bed. I guess that also ties in into sleep because uh, if you always work in your bed, that uh sort of makes you associate your bed with work and that can lead to sleeping problems as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And it is also connected, which is why I just wanted to quickly ask you about that because I think like the small decisions we make throughout our day, like you said, like whether we sit in bed and do our work or whether we sit at a desk and do our work, like it really changes our perception of what we're doing. And then like just the unconscious, like mental associations that we make with our space and with our own habits and productivity. So it's a really interesting topic to learn more about. And I heard something recently too, about like your morning self versus your night self, but like doing habits in order to better your morning self or night self. So whether it's like laying your clothes out the night before to make your morning self a little bit less stressed, because that way, like your clothes are already set, you're ready to go and kind of like habit stacking that way, or whether it's like, leaving your essential oil right beside your bed at night. That way you remember to like put your lavender in before bed. That way you like improve your sleep and little things like that. So I think like we do have so much power over our environment and we can like improve these little things. It's just a little bit of like conscious effort in order to do it. Yeah, no, I just, I totally agree. And those are definitely very good examples of, of habit stacking, I guess. Um, I think also like if you're just starting at zero, I think it can also be good to, because we said awareness is quite important to like, I think James Clear calls it the habit scorecard, if I remember correctly, to just like even write down all the little habits you already have to just become aware of everything you're doing. And then um, based on that, you may find like ways where you can stack a new habit into it, right? Yeah, I love that. It's such an interesting topic. Um well, I guess like wrapping up and kind of tying everything in together, um, is there any advice you can share, I guess, like your top tips on both, like how we can actually improve our sleep and then increase our productivity as well? Yes, of course. Um, so I could talk about that for a long time, but I try to <laughs> keep it concise. Um, so I know I said before, and that goes for both, I think like prioritizing basics like sleep, diet, exercise are very important for so many things um but yeah like specifically for sleep um i think i mentioned it before that sleep and stress are very connected so anything that helps you to regulate your stress will likely also help your sleep um so i think i mean everyone is a little different in terms of what works for them but those can be things like mindfulness yoga journaling the list goes on basically um you know, uh, then we talked about light. I think this is actually, um, yeah, quite effective, you know, to uh, see bright light within an hour or so of waking for, it doesn't have to be super long, maybe like 10, 15 minutes, and then avoiding bright lights in the evening. Um, 
Another very good tip, I think, is to have consistent bedtimes. So I know this can be a little hard, but uh, there's definitely a lot of research behind it that it's helpful to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, even on the weekends. Um, and then uh, I know we talked about environment specifically for sleep. It is easiest to fall asleep in a cool and dark room. And it can be helpful to have a hot shower or bath before bed because A, it's relaxing and then it actually causes your temperature to drop when you get out, which is helpful for sleep. And maybe one last thing for sleep is uh, caffeine. So this depends a little on how sensitive you are to caffeine, but uh, most people tend to underestimate how, how much uh, coffee or any other type of caffeine affects them uh, because caffeine has a half-life of about four to six hours. Um, so if you have caffeine in the afternoon or even in the evening, it will likely impact your sleep. Uh, so I'm personally quite sensitive to that. So I try to avoid caffeine after 2 p.m. But uh, yeah, everyone needs to experiment a little with that. But if someone has sleeping problems, that's definitely one of the first things probably I would adjust. Yes, then for productivity. Um, so I'm a big fan of batching similar tasks together. Just to give an example, let's say I'm creating an Instagram post. Um, I would say there's like three key parts to that. One would be figuring out the topic and what you want to say. And then two would be designing it. And three would be writing the caption. Um, so what batching means is that instead of doing all of these three things in one go, uh, you will break them down into their parts and then do more of that at one time. So I usually like have a time where I just think of ideas and then at another time point, I do all of the designs and then at another time point, I do like the writing. Um, so that's something that's working really well for me. Um, I think often it's like boundaries are very important as well that you just learn to say no to some things um and in terms of like work intervals i personally like to work in like 60 to 90 minute intervals and then take a break um i know a lot of people like the pomodoro technique which is i believe 25 minutes of work and then a break that doesn't work super well for me because i feel like i I almost need like 25 minutes until I'm even in the task and then it gets disrupted and then I start again. So that doesn't work for me. But uh, yeah, I guess, again, it comes down to sort of experimenting with what works for you and maybe try different intervals. But definitely always take breaks because breaks are important. And I do think breaks ultimately make you productive because like if you're stressed, you're not productive. And uh, if you never switch off, and yeah i think that that would be my top tips what do you think maybe what, what works what works well for you yeah that's amazing those were all amazing and i really like the light one for sleep it's like really sticking out to me just like i think it emphasizes the fact that even as soon as you wake up like going outside for a quick walk which might be a little intense but even just like stepping outside your front door and just like 
sitting outside, maybe having your coffee outside um, can really like make a huge difference in your internal rhythms, which is, I think, fascinating. Um, hmm. What else works for me? I definitely relate to the caffeine thing. I actually just saw your TikTok this morning with like the <laughs> having coffee after a certain time and how difficult it is because I'm the same way. Um, I find like when I'm going through really anxious periods, I need to like be more aware of my caffeine intake because it really does impact me. And I like sense that and it really does impact my sleep. So caffeine's a big one for me. And I like the batching your work at productivity. I like kind of do that, but I think just hearing the way that you explained it, especially in terms of like Instagram posts is very helpful because I think sometimes like I'll go through and create all these designs and then I'm like, fuck, I need to write the captions and I just don't feel like doing it. Um, So it really does help to view it that way. And uh, productivity for me too. Like I love to do lists. It's the first thing I do like every single day and something I'm working on too. I actually have it written down is breaking my to-do list into must do and can do. Oh yeah. So it kind of just like sets your priorities for the day. And like, these are the things I have to get done today. And then if I have extra time, I can like move to the second list. Um, I think that just helps me like mentally prepare for what I need to get done that day. And I love like crossing things off my to-do list. I think just the power yeah. of like actually taking a pen and crossing out something really does something to you and like makes you feel good about what you've accomplished. So those are definitely some things that I've learned and use often. Yeah, I definitely like like the to-do list too. But I like that idea of like can do and have to do, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah because I think oftentimes, at least, I mean, I, I do it too. We have just too many things on there and like it's almost impossible to go through it in a day. Um, so I, I do really like that idea. And with the coffee, I have it too. I think if I'm feeling anxious, uh, I can't drink coffee. It just makes it so much worse. But it's unfortunate because I really like it. (laughs) (laughs) I love coffee. But yeah, it's definitely something that like you need to pay attention to because it does disrupt your sleep. And I actually find productivity for me too, because my like physical body will start to shake and then like my mind just goes and I can't get anything done. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like I keep hearing from people that, oh, caffeine doesn't affect me. But I think a lot of people just don't really notice and like piece the pieces together that it's the caffeine that affects them or they don't want yeah. to admit it because it's so good <laughs> yeah, or that <laughs> but also <laughs> i'm just thinking of another thing um that is quite interesting there is some research that indicates that it's not the best thing to have coffee right when you wake up and that you should wait about 90 minutes until you have your first coffee because um like around 30 minutes after waking is also when your cortisol which is a stress hormone is the highest and if you have coffee like around the same time it sort of clashes so it's often recommended to delay your first coffee a little bit part of me wants to pretend I did not hear that because it's like (laughs) the first thing I do when I wake up um but yeah I find even too just like having a glass of water before coffee, even if it's still within the 90 minute period, like really helps, I guess, like digest it and it doesn't hit me as hard. Um, so that's another like tip I've learned, but that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, this has been amazing. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to share? I know you've shared like everything under the sun already, but <laughs> this has been very insightful. No, I'm, I'm glad. I hope uh, I could share at least a few tips. Um, no, not really. I think I... I... I said everything that I wanted to say, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Definitely. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. 
Amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much for taking time to come share all your knowledge and expertise with us. Like it's definitely been very eye-opening and informative, which I love. So thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Of course, you too. I'm so glad we criticized hustle culture because what the fuck even is that? Like how and why did this start? And I'm seeing so many things on Instagram that are like, we are not born to work all day, to like not get to explore the world around us, to just fucking do shit all day, every day. No, it takes such a toll on our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual well-being. So I'm glad that people are seeing like the science behind it and how, you know, we don't have to force ourselves to wake up early and work out and do all this stuff. But regardless, besides that, I think that she really educated me on like sleep patterns and your natural circadian rhythm and exposure to light. And these are things that I didn't know before. So I really hope you learned something new today too. But even just knowing how interconnected all these things are and how our small decisions really impact our like day and our emotions at large, whether that's your sleep patterns, how you're actioning your productivity, what kind of breaks you're taking, um, what habits you build around any part of your day. And I think it's just really eye-opening to hear this knowledge and these perspectives from educated people because you see both sides. You see both the informative side and on a relatable level, like how it affects us on an everyday basis. So there's lots of new information I'm taking away from this conversation. And I really hope you are too. And by the time you're listening to this, I'm probably sitting on a beach somewhere, sipping a daiquiri. Oh my god, I'm so excited, guys. I can't even explain. But regardless, I'm going to go now. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And I will be back next Friday.